Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of On the Glass. I am your host, Brandon Abels, and today we are coming to you just a few hours after the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Cincinnati Bengals today, and we're going to get on here and talk about it. The good, the bad, the ugly, and anything and everything in between. So, the real question is, where do we get started? And it's kind of hard to come up with a starting point of what you want to talk about when you're sitting back trying to decipher that game. It was, it was pretty ugly on all fronts. Um, the Jaguars, if we want to talk about the good, the Jaguars did take the lead into halftime 13-10. to 10. Although, it should have been at least 16-10 to 10 going into halftime. The, the bad decision in the first half by Doug Marone to elect to kick a field goal instead of going for it on fourth and two when you have kind of a unknown wild card type kicker uh, kicking for you this game. I think the better play and the better coaching decision would have been to go for it on fourth and two in Bengals territory. The way that the decision played out, you had it to where you attempted a field goal and you came away with no points. The flip side was you go for it, potentially get the first down, be in scoring position uh, deep in the red zone. If you don't get it, you come away with no points in the same field position. And I just think, overall, the smarter move would have been in that scenario, in that particular situation, would have been to go for it on fourth and two deep in opponent territory. But nonetheless, they didn't go for it. The fourth kicker in a week, basically, comes out for the Jaguars and misses, uh, I'd say, a mid-range field goal attempt, thus leaving the Jaguars scoreless on their first drive of the game. And what can you say about that? It was... It was kind of mind-boggling of why Marone elected not to go for it there. I just think with everything in play there, you have to go for it. You you just have to. It didn't even look like the new kicker even knew how to wear a helmet. It didn't look like he had pads in his pants, and his chin strap was around his uh, – his, his chin strap was actually – touching his bottom lip instead of being underneath his chin, which was infuriating and frustrating for me to see. Um, But that's neither here nor there. But the Jaguars did play pretty well in the first half, all things considered. They had, uh, Minshew had that nice throw to Chark in the back of the end zone, and Chark, with great awareness and great body control, kept his feet in bounds, concentrated through the catch, made the catch, and got two feet in for the touchdown. 
I thought that was an incredible throw by Minshew and a pretty spectacular catch by DJ Chark, which we have come to expect uh, recently for the Jaguars. Now, one thing I have noticed, especially the last couple games, when it comes to pressuring Gardner Minshew from the opposing defense, he's got great escapability if the pressure is coming from the edges. If the pressure is coming from around the edge, Minshew is creative and elusive and can scramble around and make plays. However, if the pressure is coming from up the gut or slightly off center, Gardner Minshew struggles immensely. He, he, he rushes throws, he falls out of throws, he gets balls batted down at the line a lot when the pressure's coming from the middle. And he, he's just not as good escaping pressure when the pressure's coming from up the middle. And I sincerely hope that our coaching staff recognizes that on film and is working on that going forward. But, but right now I have little, little faith in this coaching staff, um, both offensively, defensively, and now with Lambeau gone, special teams. It, it is a struggle in three phases of the football game. There, there is really nothing that you feel comfortable about. Except for maybe the play of James Robinson, who is still continuing to shine as an undrafted player uh, this season. I mean, the guy's just incredible. For example, today, he had 17 carries for 75 yards uh, for a 4.4 average. And let's see, he had four catches for 32 yards. So he had over 100 all-purpose yards. So the guy, the guy is more than holding up his end of the bargain. I feel like overall the Jags' rush game is vastly, vastly improved. Robinson compared to Fournette is no comparison whatsoever. Fournette likes to dance around in the backfield and tiptoe and, and just lollygag around in the backfield. And... Robinson is the complete opposite of that. He sees the hole, he hits the hole. He's a one, one cut corner or uh, running back for the most part. He gets downhill, he runs behind his pads, he will lower his shoulder and get extra yards, and he is always, always falling forward. And to me, as an untrained football eye, that is all you can ask for from a running back. He is putting his heart and soul into this football team. He plays hard. He runs hard. And he has been a lot of fun to watch and a joy to watch through the first quarter of this football season. Now, this wouldn't be an on-the-glass recap if we didn't completely, completely tear apart this defense or what is called a defense, but has 
more than shown themselves to be the worst defense in the NFL, in my opinion. Today, today, they played literally one of, if not the worst, offensive line in the National Football League. And what do we have to show from that? What do we have to show? I'll tell you what we have to show. We have one sack by Josh Allen to show. One sack, yet again. So that's four games, four sacks. Four games, four sacks. One more time, I'll say it. Four games, four sacks. That's it. That is it. And there was three, four, five. Five quarterback hits is all they had. Five quarterback hits is all that the Jaguars could manage to do against the worst offensive line in football. Five hits, one sack. That's it. That's it. That's all that they managed to do against the worst line in football. And if that is all that they can do against that Bengals offensive line who has been getting Burrow absolutely destroyed in the Bengals' other games. Burrow's been getting hit. Burrow's been getting sacked. And against the Jaguars, he had all the time in the world, and he got hit only five times and sacked one time. One time. So if that's what they did against the worst offensive line, what does that make the Jacksonville Jaguars defensive line? And the simple answer is absolute garbage. Garbage. That's what the Jacksonville Jaguars defensive line has been through the first four games of this football season. Garbage. Not – it – It is baffling to me, especially now, seeing what we've seen out of this defensive line, how the Jaguars felt comfortable trading Calais Campbell. Because you cannot sit here and try to convince me and tell me that Calais Campbell was a problem in the locker room. He just wasn't. There's no way that Calais Campbell was a problem. The other guys I get, Ramsey and Dockway, Fournette, Gibson, all those guys, all those guys from the 2017 team that are no longer in Jacksonville, I can understand. They They were apparently, allegedly, cancers in the locker room. But Calais Campbell was not that guy 
and with the glaring, glaring weakness that is the Jaguars' defensive line, it totally frustrates me and baffles me how you let a player of the caliber of Calais Campbell go and trade him away. It's it's mind-boggling to me, especially now that we have seen that this defensive line is whatever less than subpar is, is what this defensive line is. And look, I've been hyper, hyper critical of Todd Wash. And I will remain to be critical of Todd Wash until somebody within this organization wisens up and finally lets Todd Wash go. I will be critical of him. But in order for his defense to even be remotely competent and remotely resemble an NFL caliber defense and a defense that we have come to expect in Jacksonville, there has to be pressure on the quarterback up front. And that has been non-existent in the first four games of the 2020 season. And by them not putting pressure on the quarterback, it is putting the back end of the defense in in a bind. It, it It's just putting pressure on them and making them communicate for seven, eight seconds. And if there's just a slight communication breakdown in the back end of this defense with the linebackers in the secondary and people not communicating the coverages and, hey, you got a man coming in your zone or whatever the case may be, then the whole thing falls apart. And I think that is what we've been seeing thus far in this season. When you're not forcing quarterbacks to bad throws and making quick decisions, there's going to be bad things that happen, i.e. a one-and-three start and giving up hundreds of yards a game. And that's what's been happening with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, let's see. What, what did Mixon do today? Mixon, 25 carries for 151 yards. And coming out of the backfield, uh, let's see, Mixon had 30 yards, so he almost had 200 all-purpose yards against the Jaguars. And T. Higgins had a 13-yard rush. Bernard was averaging 9.5 yards a carry on his two carries for 19 yards. Mixon's longest run was 34 yards. I mean, this, this is incredible, incredible stuff. And the Bengals somehow managed uh, 300 yards through the air, and A.J. Green only had three of those yards. How, how does that happen? How, how do you shut out a superstar receiver in A.J. Green, keep him to three yards receiving, and still give up 300 yards in the passing game. 
it, it's just, this is mind-boggling stuff. And once again, the Jacksonville Jaguars lose the turnover battle because like we talked about, pressure came up slightly off the center on Minshew. He rushed his throw. It got deflected. He fell out of his throw, and the ball was intercepted. So that was the Jaguars' lone turnover today. Actually, I, I apologize. They they tied the turnover battle today because Miles Jack had that incredible interception in the end zone. But, but still, a linebacker had to make a spectacular play to come up with an interception. There's... We're not forcing fumbles. We're not forcing quarterbacks into bad throws. That was just an incredible throw, uh, play by Miles Jack to come up with that interception. And you're not going to win many football games the way that the Jacksonville Jaguars have been playing. And I got on my YouTube channel, and you can check that out on the glass on YouTube. And after the Jaguars' week one win against the Indianapolis Colts, I was... I was very high on the win, and I was saying that the tank tank was not on and all that kind of thing. But now, three, three games later, I have the possibility in my mind that it could be a tank year because this team is awful, awful. We're a quarter way through the season – and there's still a speck of hope, but it's getting smaller and smaller as the season goes on. I'll tell you that much. Now, next week, the Jaguars will travel to Houston to face 0-4 Houston. So we will see what happens there. And I'll, I'll have some early thoughts and previews and stuff like that coming up. But right now, it is just god-awful yet again, to be a Jaguars fan. The product that we continually put on the field is just disastrous. It's hard to watch, and you you have a player that you're not playing the caliber of D.D. Westbrook. He's only played in one game so far this season and been active for the other three, inactive for the other three. And you have glaring problems that can be addressed with possibly trading him or something, anything. But it, with a player the caliber of Westbrook, for him to not even be on the active game day roster and for you to not even be shopping him, it, it's just, it, again, mind-boggling what this front office and coaching staff does. I, I don't understand it sometimes, and it's very frustrating to me. But um, we will kind of mourn this loss for a couple more days, and then it's time to shift our focus to the Houston Texans, and we'll start looking at the Texans and, and see how we stack up. I will also do a recap tomorrow on my YouTube channel of this game. It'll be different. Uh, than what we talked about here today. But for now, that's been another episode of On the Glass. And let's go Jags and Duval!